This is the Flames Up Close podcast with Ryan Leslie in partnership with Metro News. Okay, welcome to the uh, Calgary Flames Up Close podcast brought to you by our good friends at Metro News. Uh, Very pleased to welcome in Michael Backlund. Mike, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm all right. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate this. And uh, today I really wanted to talk a little bit about the journey, your arrival. Um, Just you as as a hockey player, but as a person... And everything that you went through to get to this point. And I guess I want to just start by going way back. I mean, the, the pressure was on right away for you, wasn't it? I mean, you're a first-round pick of the Calgary Flames. You remember how that felt? Can you, When you look back and, and thinking, all right, I'm going. And from what I understand, I was talking to one of our colleagues, and he was saying, I remember some of the Flames brass looking over at you, and I think you saw them looking at you. You knew, or you had a, a little bit of an inkling right before it happened that you were going to be a member of the Flames. Yeah, I, uh, I also saw that uh, the Swedish scout went out on stage. So my agent told me a Swedish player is going to be selected. So it's a pretty good chance you're getting selected. And uh, um, and then a few minutes later, uh, they said my name. It was a pretty cool feeling. And, uh, uh, you know, it feels like a long time ago. And it's almost 10 years. Uh, it's going to be 10 years this summer. Uh, it's uh, uh, It's been all, uh, some fun these 10 years. Uh, it's been a lot of up and down still. It hasn't been straight up for sure. Uh, but uh, no, looking back to it, I, um, it was a lot of excitement getting drafted. Um, but then all afterwards, it uh, came a little pressure. Of course, uh, you know, uh, struggling back in Sweden a little bit, it was uh, tough. Um, knowing your first round pick, because all of a sudden everyone in Sweden knows who you are, and right, you know, uh, and it's a big deal. And you know, Calgary's watching, and fans in Calgary is checking in. How are you doing? And it's, uh, all of a sudden, a lot bigger deal than before. And uh, but then I had to pretty good world juniors and I uh, was happy about those um, getting to show that I can play uh, against top guys in my age and be one of the top players uh, you know as a younger player and as my own age group so that was two big confident boosts for me to play in those two tournaments and then uh, coming over here in Cologne I was uh, was a big relief for me I mean I, sh- I said I struggled a bit at home in Sweden it was tough a lot of you know knowing if I was ever going to make it or uh, if it was going to be one of those first round flops, uh, you know, was that weighing heavy on your mind? Were you thinking well, along those lines? Because you you'd played at home, yeah, literally at home, yeah, and then you you get drafted and and the the weight of the world starts to creep in, and and then you go to hockey hotbed in Kelowna, and you see you playing in this building in the Saddle Dome. We'll get to some of that in a minute. Yeah. But you mentioned the ups and downs. Was were you worried or mindful of what that first round flop might feel like? A little bit. I mean, I, I struggled a bit in Sweden there. I, uh, if it wasn't for the World Juniors, uh, yeah. would, you know, it was some tough years. Uh, but uh, uh, the first uh, year after getting drafted, uh, after World Juniors, I had a pretty good finish that season. And the next year, came in here to camp, had a pretty good camp, and then I had to start over back home again. And uh, it was just, uh, it was tough. I struggled a bit, as I said. And then, uh, you know, the thoughts came into my mind. It was, it was just, in uh, um, Calgary at that time, had a lot of players, first round picks. I wasn't turning out so of course it crossed my mind but sure. at the same time I, I was uh, wasn't gonna let it go and uh, that's why too I wanted to come to Kelowna and uh, give it a shot over here and that was a big uh, big step for me but it was uh, helping my career for sure and it was uh, uh, I had to be a little, little ego there and think about myself and leaving my team behind back in Sweden uh, so I could reach my dream to play in NHL and uh, you know I uh, kind of gave back to them going, but you know when lockout happened I went home and played and uh, had some success with them again and uh, uh, and gave some lost love, love lost uh, a little bit uh, then, and uh, but yeah, it's uh, 
uh, it's been for sure been a roller coaster yeah. to, until today from being drafted. Well, yeah, I mean, here we are talking about the arrival or the journey, but this thing really does come down to some perseverance on your part, professionally and personally. Do you do you feel like some of your perseverance or some of your metal uh, was was challenged? I mean, it wasn't easy for you, was it, Bax? I mean, this was a thing where. Uh, teammates there were some tough moments on the ice the off the ice the pressure you growing into a young man and and feeling it there there had to have been some challenging nights for you yeah it's been uh yeah for sure uh coming over to and uh, after Kelowna I come over here for camp the year after expecting I expect myself to make the team and uh at that point I wasn't ready at all I had to uh, looking back now you know I for sure, I had to go back down to minors, but at that time I was so mad and I was so frustrated, disappointed, all of it. It was, it was tough to go down there, and I uh, uh, wasn't that. I was where was my favorite city either, and it was. Um, but it was a good rink and everything. It was right. good, group, great group of guys. Uh, but I just, uh, I didn't do it right. I, instead of you know trying to enjoy it and work on my game, I just got frustrated and I was just. Uh, you know, locking myself into my own condo and just uh, you were you went a little uh, yeah, yeah. A little introverted at that yeah, point. Exactly, kind yeah, exactly. Closed out the world. Yeah, because uh, you because you weren't where you wanted to be, or because you weren't playing the way you wanted to be. Both. Uh, I had a good start. Uh, in I was for like the first uh, few pre preseason games, uh, uh, but then uh, right up the hop, I struggled and uh, played first pretty hard on me. You know, yeah, I like yeah, yeah. Jim Playfair was pretty hard on you. Yeah, he's pretty hard on me. On, I mean, he's he's a he's a great person off the ice. Uh, He was pretty hard on me though in the locker room and on the ice, and uh, it was a change for me for sure having a coach like that. But he helped me for sure. Uh, growing as a person as, and a player, but, uh, but at that time I didn't think that way. But uh, sure. uh, all these uh, coaches I've had here in Calgary organization, you know, uh, Mike Keenan, Jim Playford, Daryl, uh, Brent Sutter, uh, Bob Hart, they're all hard nosed guys, and uh, but they all made me a stronger uh, person, player, uh, mentally, and uh, just all that uh, helped me through my career and uh, in different ways. But uh, it's not always easy. Uh, they're hard-nosed guys, as I said, and uh, didn't give it to you. So, but it was uh, it was a good learning time for me. And uh, uh, when I did get called up, though, it was uh, I played real well. That finished off the first pro year, uh, and the year after, I played pretty well. My first rookie season, it was uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Henry Carlson was here. I said, right. Swedish friend. Uh, um, I spent a lot of time with Jokin and Hagman. Kip, you know, Kippers. A lot of Scandinavians around the team was. Uh, was uh, it's just too bad we didn't make the playoffs. We had a good group. We should have been in the playoffs. Were those guys sort of cut you off there? Were those guys uh, a good influence? Were they were they hard on you? You mentioned hard nosed coaches. Those are some pretty hard personalities as well. Those guys are, they can be pretty cutthroat. Yeah. Were, did, were they welcoming? Were they were they harder on you uh, because you were a young player from from back home, if you will, uh, or were they guiding you along, or was it a mix of both? A uh, mix of both, I think. Uh, all those guys. We had a veteran team here. I was only, pretty much only the young guy, and they were all. Uh, it was tough for them because we weren't playing as well as we wanted. Uh, having so many veteran star players that we had at that time, and you struggled. It was uh, it wasn't uh, at times it was a frustrating locker room, uh, but um, you know they were all they were nice to me and uh, uh, they were hard on me sometimes too. They made, made some pranks on me, which was you know which was fun. It doesn't happen as much nowadays, but it was uh, I got some pranks on me and. Uh, uh, but yeah, they were they were good. I mean, on the road, I would always go out with dinner with uh, Hagman, Jokinen, and Henrik. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, they were also hard on me, but it was good. Uh, and then the year did after, did you need that? Did you need that sort of uh, 
that tough love. I mean, you, you're kind of doing this, as you mentioned, you're the young guy and you're kind of in some uncharted waters uh, and everything that was going on. Is that kind of what you needed uh, as a young man? Because you're still in, you're still maturing at this point. Let's yeah. be honest. You're still learning how to be a pro. Yeah, for sure. No, it was good. I mean, I, I, you know, I was a first-round pick. I was uh, playing top minutes in Kelowna. I was uh, this high prospect. I mean, coming in and uh, you forget that you all of a sudden you're in the bottom and you have right. to work your way up and gain respect. You have to you do all those, uh, you know, go last on the bus, last in the elevator, uh, all these small little things. Pick up the pucks and practice and. Uh, not that I didn't do it, but it was good that they were on me and learning me that you know I have to do it. Because uh, I said, if all of a sudden you start from the bottom again and have to work your way up and gain respect, and uh, it was good for me. And uh, the year after it was tougher. Uh, it was you know my second year. I was gonna grow in more and uh, become a more of a uh, have a bigger role in the team. And I uh, got that injury before camp, and then that year was just disaster. Just struggled playing. It was uh, tough, and um, I didn't help myself all. I was. Uh, um, yeah, it was just a frustrating year, and I uh, kind of did what I did in uh, Abbas for I kind of, what do you call it when you just go into yourself? Yeah, uh, kind of in a bubble, you insulate yourself yeah, a little bit. Yeah, insulate from, from the team yeah. a little bit too much. I, uh, I wanted too much to play well, I wanted too much to play well that I, uh, you know, didn't enjoy myself as much as I should have at that time, uh, that time of my life and that time of my career, so, um, but uh uh, the year after the lockout helped getting back yeah. that uh, excitement, all that fun, um, and, uh, and since then it's been. Uh, I think after the lockout, I just I matured as a player after having a tough year, and then the lockout helped me uh, go home, be a big leader on the team, uh, on and off the ice, uh, you know, and uh, uh, they helped me coming back here uh, to play here again. Neat article on yourself uh, by George Johnson of uh, CalgaryFlames.com, and just a little bit on some of the things we're talking about in that journey. And he, and I read that part about what you said, just how tough Jimmy Playfair was on you. Was there a moment that you thought about quitting, Michael? Like, was there a time where you were wondering? You talked about the doubt, you wondered about the flop, you knew that things were tough, you had some hard people around you, but did you ever think about, is this for me over here? Yeah, or, for sure. Uh, a lot of times when I was in the minors, for sure, uh, I thought that to myself. Uh, and then uh, that uh, my second full pro year here, when I had those two, two injuries and I struggled playing, there was times where um, you know I was thinking if this is for me. And then, as I said, the lockout year came perfect for me. I mean, it's been tough. It's uh, been tough on some other guys' careers, but that's just how life goes. It's you know, uh, I just remember everyone the last lockout before 405, you know. I remember Michael Ryder and Sean Horkoff coming to Sweden. All of a sudden, they come back to the NHL and their careers just go right. uh, really well. That's uh, right. So sometimes yeah. lockout helps guys, and that's it for me. Uh, it was the uh, year before. I was really tough a year for me in NHL, and I, uh, I was I had those thoughts. You know, is this for me? Is I'm, am I going to be a good enough player here and all that? And uh, that summer, I just uh, to finish off that year. Me and Brent Sutter had an exit meeting where he, you know, told me for. 30 minutes that I, if I don't pick it up I was never going to play in NHL and that I you know he was not happy with me and all that and uh, how that how did that make you feel exit meetings can't always be fun I get no. that but when a coach tells you point blank you better get going or or what how, yeah how did that make you feel it was a tough meeting uh but that's the only tough exit meeting I ever had though uh thankfully but uh I remember it it was uh it was a uh, kicking it in nuts can you say that sure <laughs> yeah uh I just don't know what, yeah, what yeah, language yeah. is. We'll beep it out if we yeah. need to. <laughs> uh, you know, it was tough to take, but it was also 
um, a, a wake up call for sure. I've uh, and then that summer I just uh, I I knew talking to Jay Feaster too when I, we did a contract. I still got a one way one year. He told me this is your last chance, kind of. So I knew um, knew that when I signed that deal and uh, I approached it. I worked super hard and I think I was. Uh, uh, I remember, you know, coming here skating before season was supposed to start. Uh, uh, I was, I think, the best shape ever. I was beating most guys when we were just skating gels on the ice. I felt great. I worked so hard that season. Uh, so uh, I was a little disappointed the season didn't start right away because I was such a great shape. But as I said, a lockout helped me. I get to go home, play, have fun, and have that big role in the team again and be that player. And I, I, uh, in my mind, I told myself because there's still like Cope there, and those guys were on, in the Swedish second league that year in lockout. Right. So. Every time I play against those guys, I said I, was, I told myself I was going to be the best player on the ice. I was going to be better than those guys. And before in NHL, I wouldn't think that way. And that's the new approach I was taking uh, that year. And since then, that's the approach I've had, and that's helped me uh, not having that. You know, you always have respect for you know all the players in the league, but not having too much respect for the top guys. Just going out and thinking I'm going to be the best player, and that's been helping me since then. Here we are in conversation with Michael Backlund uh, on our Flames Up Close podcast brought to you by Metro News. We'll take a quick break and we'll come on back with Michael Backlund. Metro, the official media partner of Flames Up Close. You can find the Metro newspaper all over the city every weekday. And you can also check metronews.ca for the most complete local news in Calgary, as well as some fantastic national, international lifestyle and sports coverage. Metro is your essential daily briefing. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Welcome back to the Flames Up Close podcast with Michael Backlund. Here we are uh, inside uh, the Scotiabank Saddlone. There's a practice going on out here. You can probably hear it in the background, the Calgary Hitmen out there. And, of course, you were a former member of the Kelowna Rockets that played against the Calgary Hitmen all those years ago. Do you remember some of those memories, Bax? I mean, there was, yeah. a, there was a bell ringing, and you played against them just uh, the other night in Arizona in Stone. Yeah. <laughs> you guys ever talk about that? No, he's never said anything. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't brought it up on the ice. Uh, but it was uh, it was a big hit, yeah, for sure. I as I said on TV that day, I thought I had a breakaway, but I clearly did not. So uh, it's funny looking back at it now. But uh, and I got pretty lucky. I mean, he didn't hit my head or anything. He just right in my chest. I just lost my breath. I could barely breathe for you know five minutes. But then I caught my breath again and uh, was ready to go. So I was kind of lucky. He hit me in a good spot. I watched the video today. I was yeah. like, oh, I'd forgotten just how big that was. Yeah. I do remember it. Um, and, and we were talking a little bit about the language. What about the culture shock for you? I mean, is this was this a big deal for you to finally leave home and to come over and to just get used to North American hockey? I mean, you mentioned the Max. Uh, you were over in Kelowna. Was it a big deal, or were you adjusted pretty nicely with that? Uh, yeah, adjusted pretty nicely. I think I, uh, Sweden and Canada is pretty similar countries. Uh, uh, when it comes to the, you know living style, uh, just culture and all that, it's, of course there's some difference. Uh, but I, uh, I love Canada; it's a great country, and I think it's pretty similar to Sweden. I always thought it, and it hasn't been a big difference for me. Uh, so yeah, it's been pretty easy transition for me from the first, from my first uh, first time I came over. Well, I heard a funny story when you were doing some interviews. We were talking about language, and you, you transitioned pretty nicely. But is it true that every now and then, without knowing, you were throwing in the odd swear word when you were <laughs> when you were speaking uh, to the media? Is that true or no? I was guess not. Was there I a few S bombs? Yeah. So? I guess so. I can't remember, but Kelso uh, yeah. told me that <laughs> that I, you know, my early career I would do that, and I I don't remember recalling it. But uh, if he says so, I'm sure it happened. <laughs> Keeps it colorful. Yeah. Um, and now to the point where, you know, you've adjusted the criticism, though, Michael, when you were sort of in midway through your career, you probably heard it. 
I, I don't know if you understood it or it was a real divide. There was a real division for people who were pro Michael Backlund and people who were I don't quite understand his game. Did you feel that? Did you were you aware of that? Yeah, I, I knew there was uh, uh, you know uh, people disappointed uh, in my development and uh, uh, up until I think the locker year was. Uh, a lot of people wondering if I ever gonna uh, blow, uh, be the player they thought, or <clears throat> uh, gonna be a good first runner or not. And uh, I, I know there's a lot of question marks, especially after that tough year. I said the year before lockout, I really struggled. I was injured twice, and I didn't play well at all. I 41 games, 11 points, something. It was just a tough year, and uh, so yeah, I understand. Uh, you know, people have doubts, and uh, I think. But since then, I think I gained more and more respect from the fans, and uh, every year more and more. It was a <clears throat> the one year three years ago, so 2013-14, I think it was. I was uh, a little bit on trade block in November. Uh, was that an uneasy feeling, Michael? Like, was that, or were you like, all right, something's got to give at this point? Yeah, I, a little bit. I uh, remember I was playing on the fourth line. Uh, I was trying to be a good teammate. Just uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm just gonna try to work hard. And uh, at that time, I was like, you know, if, if change happened, you know, maybe that's for the good, and maybe it'll help my career. And uh, but then I just find a way to play better and I get to mo play more minutes and they decide not to train me and uh, since then I haven't really looked back and things have just been going better and hasn't, I don't think, been any more trade rumors. I don't know if that bothered you or, or what made it click for you, but you didn't get traded and you ended up staying and you ended up really changing a lot of people's minds about your game. Now I don't know, the one good thing, the one constant that I always heard about you was it's his makeup. It's who he is. He's a good person first and foremost, and he's a hockey player second. Do you think that makeup and that ability to sort of block certain things out, is that what kind of saved your career? Uh, yeah, I think uh, just, uh, yeah, I've realized... Maybe that's dramatic. I, yeah. I don't mean saved your career, no, but no, is that but maybe I... what kept it here and kept it going, who you were? Yeah, I think if uh, if you're a good person and do good things, uh, I think good things will happen to you. And uh, that's the way I try to approach life, just to make sure everyone around me is doing well and people are, you know, trying to help out people. And uh, as I said, if you do the good things, and uh, I think the good things will happen to you. And uh, you know, that's I think one of the reasons why I'm still here. I'm always uh, trying to treat uh, everyone uh, good here in Calgary, fans or the organization, or whatever. And I think that's why. Uh, you know, people probably, um, you know, treat me well back and uh, uh, that's maybe why I've stuck around here. One of the great things you do, speaking of uh, the way you treat people, is the charity work. And you do, I know that's near and dear to your heart, uh, a lot of different, from Special Olympics to the things that the Flames are doing in the community. That's pretty important to you, isn't it? Yeah, I, um, I remember uh, after my rookie year that I wanted, I remember emailing Tammy saying I wanted to do something and just knowing that, you know, Iggy had his thing and Kipper had his thing, I wanted to do something. Uh, a lot of guys on that team had a lot of things, uh, Reggie and Master had something, remember, so I just saw, look after all the guys and I said I want to start doing things too and that's when I started working with Kids Cancer Care and that, and then my friend passed away so that got even bigger for me so I wanted to do even more and then uh, uh, just Special Olympics just kind of came on on the way. I, uh, I have a cousin who has Down syndrome and then um, so I but I always wanted to help those kind of kids and be around those uh, people and kids are always just so energized and so much fun and uh, uh, I'm happy to set aside time for them and make their you know because they give me so much and they, I hope I can give them some and, and 
Uh, and then uh, when I met Frida, my girlfriend, uh, uh, you know, her she lost her mom four years ago in ALS, and uh, um, that was just a uh, right away. I said when I, that <clears throat> the year we she came over to me, I said uh, I want to start working with ALS and uh, start donating. My, donating for every point I scored money to ALS, and uh, I'll still work with kids cancer, uh, but I will donate my money to ALS instead because I, you know, cancer get a lot of attention. I think ALS after Ice Bucket Challenge is more known now, but at that time it wasn't. So uh, I am, ha I was, you know, that, that's why I wanted to put more of my money into ALS. And it's fascinating work. I know the entire community, and I know the Flames organization. Uh, you know, just benefits from your involvement and your enthusiasm with it. You know, from a hockey standpoint, things start to, you know, you're involved in the community, off the ice, on the ice, things start to change. You become a veteran guy. The maturation, you, you become a, you know, a more mature player and person. And we see it. And then all of a sudden the results start to come. Was there a moment, was it last year? I don't know, you tell me, where you knew you had arrived. You had, you had slowly, methodically, patiently, erased a lot of doubt from a lot of people as we've touched on and you turned into this consistent two-way player who now you start to hear the word selkie associated with your name was there a moment last year or this year where even you knew you had arrived and erased any doubt uh i think a little bit go back to that 2013 14 with my back. The, the trade rumors uh, yeah. after christmas that year i you know i got to play with cammy and I think I was point that year I had like 20 points in 20 games. I had a couple of three-point games I haven't had before. Well, I had my rookie year one time. Uh, last game of the year, I think I had three points. But I don't know. I never had it. Like So I had like a few of them uh, within a month or two months. And but that those was damn good. injuries too, though. Yeah. I mean, you're battling those too, yeah. just when you get some momentum. Right? Yeah. And then uh, I think from there, I started to feel like, I, you know, I can be uh, uh, productive or like a... Uh, big role player in this league, and then, uh, but especially last year, uh, I remember uh, at the Plaza trip last year. I think I maybe had six goals, maybe at that time. Maybe, no, I think I maybe had eight around Plaza trip last year. And my dad's like, "We're in my room." He's like, "You know, you're gonna score twenty this year." I'm like, "No, there's no way." He's like, "Yeah, you're gonna score 20 You said no. Yeah. <laughs> there was like, oh, what was it? Thirty games left. Yeah. And I had eight goals. Yeah. You do the math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I fought four in fifty-one last year, and then I had seventeen in uh, thirty-two or something like that, uh, or four in fifty and seventeen in thirty-two. So I think uh, you know, just uh, uh, yeah, just uh, hearing that from my dad and just uh, kind of always trying to remind me that I'm a good player and uh, that I can play in this league. And I think uh, just getting that into that flow last year and having a lot of uh, multiple games uh, and then playing solid two way it was just a uh, uh, that was just when I felt like I could be a big part of the team and uh, uh, you know, big part of Calgary and be a productive player. And uh, coming into this year, I was trying to have the same approach as I had a, a second half last year, just uh, playing, you know, that kind of game where I trust my instincts, trust my play, and believe in myself that I can be a productive player. And I didn't produce um, too much in no November, but uh, I thought I still played some good hockey with Chucky and Fro. I thought we had a lot of chances. We just couldn't put the puck in net, and then in December, just things just took off. Yeah. I think. And that trio, there's just something there. It's been arguably, maybe not arguably at all, the most consistent. I imagine you take great pride in that consistency. But you trio, you the three of you, seem to have a nice, 
a nice blend together. Is this something that you, you've, you've talked about it in the media since you guys have formed, because you saw some success early. But what is it about you three? Uh, I think it's just, uh, especially for all we go back to last year, we get to play with Chad right away when they sign him, uh, we were put together and uh, I think we just play a similar game to each other, a two-way uh, up and down game that we, you know, we can play in all zones and uh, responsible smart players and uh, at the same time we can produce so uh, I think just playing with him for such a long time makes it easy and then getting Chucky with us this year was, uh, was, was a big help for us. Uh, uh, I said we played good last year with Benny and Colby, but uh, I think Chucky brought, you know, he just brings uh, a lot of energy. He brings, uh, he's just so good with the puck around the boards, around the net. He's he's uh, not afraid. He just goes to dirty areas. He's, he brings a lot of room for us. And I think just having, uh, you know, three players that can play in all zones, uh, they're responsible, and at the same time can make good plays, uh, just uh, makes it easy. And I think uh, usually you have two players. Uh, you always have you need two players to yep. play with each other, but I think right now we have three players to play with each other, and I think uh, that's been a big key. Give me one secret, something I wouldn't know about either one of them. Fro, Fro Michael Froelich, and Matthew Kachuk. Give me the dirt. Give me one funny secret that no one would know about either one of those guys. Uh, well, Fro is just so uh, superstitious about his skates. It's ridiculous. You probably use we could ask Depot, but it's 20 skates a year for sure. Yeah, and it's just, it's ridiculous when I watch him sit over the skates. You gotta have to ask him what him. I will. Why does he always come out the separate door from you guys? You guys come out in the main hallway. He comes out of the trainer's room and he's always kind of walking. Oh, well, he can't. He can barely walk. They're so stiff his skates. But that's why he can't. He can't walk. I don't know. I don't know how he's skating those ones. He, they're that he, small on them. They're that tight. No, they're just so stiff. I think. So and, stiff. and he switches uh, tongue a lot because it's he wants it stiff and hard. And yeah, that he can't walk. But he, it's. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, we chirp him about it a little bit, uh, you know, because he has so many pairs of skates and he switched them, and it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. What a prima donna, what yeah. a princess. I can <laughs> say that because he's not here. Yeah. Uh, and how about uh, Kachuk? I mean, he's a young player, but you've gotten to know him pretty good. Uh, what, yeah. what secret can you tell me about him? Uh, it's a tougher one. Uh, he's only played for a short time. Uh, Has he got any little tendencies, or is he just a... I mean, he's pretty confident for a first-year yeah, player, Yeah, for Michael. sure, he's confident, but he's a little goofy. Uh, Something funny about him. Wonder how uh, he would have done with some of those vets that you had to yeah. open up against the the Jokinens and yeah, those he's guys. Like his dad. Oof. Yeah, they yeah. were they were similar to him for sure. Yeah. Uh, those guys. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, but I'm, I'm sure he would have been good. He's uh, uh, he's a very respectful person, though. I think uh, so. Like, if uh, one of the veterans would talk to him, he would listen and he wouldn't chirp back or anything. He's he's pretty respectful that way. Right. Uh, well, I mean. It's, He's raised, you know, he's, you know, a Hall of Famer. Yeah, um, you better know the ropes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you got no excuses. Yeah. Uh, listen, I can't thank you enough for your time, and uh, and I mean it when I say it has been a lot of fun watching you develop as a as a player, watching you uh, develop as a person here, a young man who's always been good to the media, always been good in the community, and it's just I speak on behalf of a lot of the media members who've covered you in your career. It's a lot of fun seeing you get it done night in, night out. So continued success, and thanks again. Yeah, thanks. All right. I appreciate it. There he is, Michael Backlund. Thanks for doing this. It is the Flames Up Close podcast brought to you by Metro News.